Welcome back. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord our God, we thank you for your sacred heart. We thank you for the love with which you look at us. You gaze upon us with love. And Lord, I just ask that you would truly bless us with a, a deep encounter with you, Jesus. Help us to come to know you in a more intimate and personal way. Thank you, Lord. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. I saw a really cool video from Archbishop Achen, Archbishop Paul Achen, the uh, the ordinary, the Archbishop of Seattle. Um, it was on social media. I believe it was on Facebook. Maybe it was even on Instagram. I think it was Facebook, though. And it was a new initiative. I believe the name of it's called Encounter. And I actually was really touched by it because um, the Archbishop was talking about the desire he had and the um, hope that we Catholics would come into a more intimate and personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that we would have that encounter with him. And I loved it. I was like, hey, all right, this is awesome. This is exactly what we desperately need to hear. And so I just I want to applaud Archbishop Achen for his uh, his initiative and for using social media to reach out um, to so many Catholics who uh, and, and others online who are going to bump up against that video. And so here you have the uh, the Archbishop speaking in a language that you know is it's a little less formal, it's a little less sort of churchy, um, and it's it's very personal, like. I want you to discover the essence of it all. Our faith in Jesus Christ involves a personal relationship, knowing him, being known by him, and how crucial that is. If our faith is going to be living, if our faith is going to be powerful, if our faith is going to be able to sustain us in the midst of a difficult time. And so uh, that's worth praying for. So pray for that initiative, especially you Catholics, uh, in the Puget Sound area, in the Archdiocese of Seattle, hearing my voice. Pray for that initiative. Pray for encounter. And pray for um, Catholics who hear that message that they may be invited to come into that living encounter. Uh, Archbishop Agen mentioned the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, and reading of Scripture and prayer as powerful ways of having an encounter with Jesus. It's almost as if he's listening to Sound Insight. <laughs> Oh, it's a constant drumbeat of mine, and uh, I'm teasing, of course. It's he's, it's actually the gospel, right? This is the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, our Lord and Savior. So, but praise be to God for that. Um, so, um, over the weekend, um, we drove out to uh, to Tacoma, and um, and there we were part of a, just a variety of family events. The rehearsal on Friday night. Uh, rehearsal dinner, and then um, the wedding on Saturday, and uh, just a time of fellowship with family afterwards, and and then on Sunday, a brunch, and then we were off back, turn around, and back across the state on I-90, and um, it was it was really something. Um, oh, one of the interesting things that happened along the way is that when we came on the, uh, came down Snoqualmie, and reached the sort of the plains area across the middle of the state, got through Cleelum, and in the sort of 20 miles leading up to um, Ellensburg, they were doing some construction. I don't know why they would do construction. 
in the middle of a Sunday, but they were. And there was a very, very long um, line of cars back up on the highway. And thanks be to God for the gift of Waze, W-A-Z-E, that app, Waze. I, I'm shocked at how few people driving on the highway were using that app because we got rerouted around that huge blockage that literally if I had not been on Waze and had like got there five minutes earlier or even maybe 10 minutes later, we would have been stuck in some really, really significant traffic. And so I was able to get off the highway and Waze dragged me all the way around to the north why uh, Carrie was in another car behind me with some other kids. And so I let her know and, and helped guide her on another way around to the south that was even an earlier exit. And so she even missed all of the ways, folks, and um, was able to go around the entire um, area of, um, of backup and actually got ahead of us uh, by a few minutes. She was about 15 minutes behind us and ended up getting ahead of us. And, and, you know, it's, it just, it's one of those like simple, like analogies that in the life of faith, we can be on the journey, on the road that we're traveling, but boy, isn't it a blessing if you have a source of insight that you can reference that can help you recognize, no, 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 this is going to jam you all up. This is going to slow you down. This is going to stop you. This is going to make your journey much, much more tedious and difficult. Look, there is a way around, but you have to be willing to trust me. Trust what you can't see. Trust what I know, and I will guide you around. And in a certain way, and isn't that what Waze does? Waze is saying, trust me, take a left here, follow this road, now take a right, now take another left. I know that doesn't seem like the right thing to do, but... You're going to avoid traffic that you can't see, roadblocks that are going to get in your way, things that are going to slow you down, but I will get you around it. And and that's what we experienced. Well, that's the Holy Spirit in our lives. The Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit is in your heart. The Holy Spirit can prompt you. I shouldn't say can, like meaning has the ability to, but is, in fact, prompting us about blockages and roadblocks, about things that will slow us down and hold us back. And the Holy Spirit will prompt us, nudge us, regarding the way we ought to walk. And and it's something I, I want to encourage you to do. Pray for a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit. I know that might sound like a little bit different, right? I was just talking about having a relationship with um, Jesus, right? Encounter. But what about the Holy Spirit? Pray for discernment. Pray for that prompting of the Holy Spirit to be one who lives within you, who you can become more aware of, who seeks to guide you. And the voice of the Spirit, the voice of the Holy Spirit, not just the voice of Spirit, like vague, misty, kind of generalized Spirit. No. 
I'm talking about the fire of God that fell upon the apostles, disciples, and mother of God at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit who conceived Jesus in the womb of the Blessed Mother, the Holy Spirit who drove St. Paul, drove him to be the apostle to the Gentiles, to undergo and to, to go through tremendous persecutions and sufferings in order to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit who prompted great saints to renew and revive the church in every age, St. Benedict and St. Augustine and St. Bernard of Clairvaux and St. Anselm and St. Bonaventure, St. Dominic, St. Francis, St. Thomas Aquinas, um, uh, St. Robert Bellarmine, um, and on and on it goes, and then saints today, right? Or the little flower, Blessed Elizabeth, St. Elizabeth of the Trinity a century ago, and then St. Teresa of Calcutta, St. John Paul the Great, um, St. Paul the Pope Paul the Sixth, right? These these saints were used by God, were used by the Holy Spirit, right? Prompted. You read about the life of Mother Teresa, and what do you see? It was the prompting of the Holy Spirit that moved her to leave the comfort of a of a convent, a, a teaching order, and to go out onto the streets, to go out onto the streets and to pick up the dying, the the ones that were rejected. Um, the unclean ones, and um, and there to care for them at that moment where they were sick and dying. And so this same Holy Spirit who works in extraordinary ways in the lives of great saints also intends, he wills, and he does prompt us, often in little things. But you know what? It's in the little things, right? It's in these little tests. The prompting of the Lord who says, get up and pray. Get up and, and, and put your first attention on me. Um, or, you know, uh, prompts you to say a kind word to someone, ask forgiveness from someone else. Prompts you to stop thinking a certain pattern of thoughts that are sinful. Prompts you to think generous thoughts and to express them. Words of affirmation. Uh, prompts you to do a deed that is uncomfortable and sacrificial, but of a blessing to others. Prompts you to um, clear away obstacles within you that make his voice get drowned out. So, for instance, we can be taking in so much, so many voices, right, through podcasts and through other media sources that we just have around us all the time. And those voices can become a cacophony, can become um, so much noise, so much static, that it becomes more difficult to sense, where are you, Holy Spirit? Where are you, Holy Spirit? How are you prompting me? And so I, I want to encourage you to, to get to know the Holy Spirit. I, I like that sort of friendship kind of language. Get to know the Holy Spirit. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Like address the Holy Spirit in loving terms. Um, Holy Spirit, I love you. Holy Spirit, you are alive within me. Holy Spirit, please make your will known to me. Holy Spirit, please, um, I yield to you. Like two cars coming up um, on an intersection and sort of a why, uh, one has to yield to the other. I yield to you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you, you live in my heart, so please 
just moving me today. Please give me some little sense, a, a greater awareness, Holy Spirit, of what it is you're asking of me. Holy Spirit, please. Like uh, we prayed that prayer to the Holy Spirit, the Cardinal Mercier prayer. I really love that prayer. We pray it before we pray the rosary. And, and it's a hard prayer, right? It's, it's one of those big prayers that just to say the words authentically ha- have big implications. You know, you've heard me say it before, but I'll say it again. It's, it's worth hearing. Oh, Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me. Right? Those are beautiful words, easy to pray, so not so hard yet, right? But but listen to it. Oh, Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, meaning like within my soul, within the center of my being, within the core, within my heart, there within in, in the center of my being, there is the center of the center of my being. There is the deepest center of the core of my being. It's there that the Holy Spirit dwells, right? More interior to me than my own I. That's St. Augustine. The Holy Spirit is more within me than my own deepest self. That gets at the intimacy. It's that type of nearness. It's that type of, um, uh, I want to say this, there's an unavoidability. There's an unavoidability to the Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit is not just one guest among many that lives within you. The Holy Spirit isn't just one voice that that is like caught up in the same room of voices that you welcome into the interior of your being. No, the Holy Spirit lives in the deepest center, in your heart is the scriptural word and the word the catechism points to. It's there in your heart, in the deepest eye, your sense of eye, there that the Holy Spirit is. And so oftentimes one of the things that becomes difficult for us is to distinguish the voice of the Holy Spirit from these other voices that can be so much louder and more intense, not more profound, in other words, not deeper, but more intense, louder. And so one of the most important ways that we come into a greater clarity about the voice of the Holy Spirit within our lives is about coming into silence, quieting ourselves down, quieting down our lifestyles, quieting down the frequency, intensity, regularity, pervasiveness of noises and of frenetic activities in our lives. Quieting down, calming down, sitting quietly, and the way that the great saints talk about it, going within, being led within to have that encounter with the Holy Spirit. More on this in a minute in Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. I'm talking about having a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. I know this is a bit foreign. This isn't something that um, people are always hearing about or talking about as Catholics. And yet it is so at the foundation of living a life of faith as a follower of Jesus. How do you follow Jesus Christ? How do you follow the person of Jesus Christ who is looking you in the eyes 
How do you even become aware of the person of Jesus encountering you if not by the gift of his spirit? Right? Jesus, is, Jesus said, I won't leave you orphaned, uh, but it's, it's better that I leave you, but I won't leave you orphaned. I will leave you, but I'll send my spirit. The promise of the Father, the Father and the Son send forth their spirit to dwell in our hearts in an intimacy, in a tenderness, that, that nearness that is beyond all nearness. O Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you. Now again, a beautiful phrase, I adore you, because we think of, well, adoration happens to the person of Jesus, Eucharistically present in a humble yet glorified form as Eucharist. And, and we do adore the Lord. But who is it that prompts you to adore the Lord with authentic adoration? It's the Holy Spirit within you. It's the Holy Spirit who enables you to live your recreated life as a child of God, as a son and daughter of God. And so, again, this whole idea of a relationship with Jesus is traced back to the intimacy of the gift of the Holy Spirit in your hearts. Oh, Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you. It's not only that you stir within me adoration of Jesus and glorification of the Father. I also adore you, Holy Spirit. I love that. Have you ever said that to the Holy Spirit before? Holy Spirit, I adore you. I just love you, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just thank you for making my home, making your home within me. I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. The, the very presence of the living God dwells within me, within my, my heart. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for dwelling in my heart. And as, as it dawns on us, as it dawns on us that we have the, the presence of the living God, the personal presence of the Holy Spirit living in our hearts, the enduring presence of the third person of the Trinity in the core of our being, this, this God who brought order out of chaos and who longs to bring order out of the chaotic elements of our lives, this one who lives within us has not always been recognized by us, has not always been thanked and praised and adored or loved and cherished by us. Your most prized possession, the most prized reality in your life, the Holy Spirit, who dwells within you, making you be a child of God, recreating you as a child of God. This Holy Spirit alive in you. Wow. Pray for a greater intimacy and nearness of that Holy Spirit. Pray that the Holy Spirit would be more alive in you vivifying, strengthen. Wait a minute. Oh, Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me. You see, the Holy Spirit within you wants to bring you light, supernatural light, to help you, what? Recognize blockage ahead, roads blocked, go around, don't go this way. You're going to get stuck. Not life-giving for you. Enlighten me. 
Guide me. Strengthen me. Lord, I'm facing resistance. Lord, the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. These fallen dimensions of my life plague me. They make it difficult for me. They hold me back. I get discouraged. Please, Lord, please help me. And so enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me. Yes, the Holy Spirit is God. He has all power. And so no matter what you're going through, no matter how difficult, no matter how challenging, is that something that you've known? Is the Holy Spirit someone you rely on? I know that there are people hearing my voice who are facing challenges right now, trying to figure out direction for your life, trying to figure out, like, a lot of kids, a lot of kids, young people are making decisions about school, making decisions about college, making decisions about graduate school, making decisions about careers, making decisions about um, where do I live? What do I do? Many families. What are you seeking? You're seeking enlightenment, guidance, and strength, and consolation. This is what we seek. And the Holy Spirit, he's already there within you, ready at hand to provide you with enlightenment, guidance, strength, and consolation. Do you give the Lord permission to console you when you're feeling overwhelmed? I know that sounds odd. It's like, what permission does God need to console me? Well, you do remember in Revelation 3, Jesus says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. He doesn't say, I've come to the door and I'm knocking it down. I stand at the door and I knock. And if anyone opens the door, I will come in and have supper with him and he with me to commune, right? What permission does the Lord need to come in? Just think about, here's an analogy, right? What permission does the Lord need to come to you in communion? Does he need any permission to come to you in Holy Communion? Well, no, he's ready, he's willing, he's able, and he's available, but what do you have to do? Well, you've got to show up. You don't go to Mass, you're not getting communion. (laughs) Right? If you don't make the effort to travel to the church during Mass, you are not going to receive Holy Communion. Well, let's use that as an analogy for prayer. If you don't make the interior journey within, within, to go within your heart, and there permit... Ask, seek, knock. Remember, Jesus said, ask, seek, knock. Will the Father, you know, if you ask for a snake, will an egg, will he give you a snake, right? No, the Father, the Father who is who is all good, right, who is all good, will, will give the Holy Spirit to all who ask him. So the Holy Spirit has been lavished upon you. The Holy Spirit, I love you, Holy Spirit. You live within me. Holy Spirit, I give you permission I give, not only give you permission, I please, I'm opening the door to you quickly, and I'm saying, please come in. Please be released within me. Be released within me, Holy Spirit, please. Anything that's blocking a fuller release of you, O Holy Spirit, in my life, please be released within me. 
so that I can receive the fullness of the enlightenment, the guidance, the strength, and the consolation that you long to give me, that you have available to me, that you want to pour into my life. Do you know that, dear brother and sister in faith? Do do you know that, dear, dear sweet Catholic Christian disciple of Jesus? Just how much God loves you. Just how much delight he takes in you. Just how much joy he finds in you. Just how much peace, freedom, release, consolation, and then yes, enlightenment, guidance, and strength he has to bring to bear on your life, on what it is he has for you. And so our life of faith as a life of discerning and obeying the gift of the Spirit within us, discerning and obeying God's word, Lord, what do you want from me? Yet let it be done to me according to your word, right? Is literally the, the Blessed Mother's response to the angel. And what happens? The word is conceived within her womb by the Spirit. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, please fulfill that work in my life in your own way, in your own sweet way. Holy Spirit, please. Talk about a needed devotion today. Talk about an underappreciated reality that is so foundational to living our life of faith is having a sweet devotion to the Holy Spirit. Having a, I don't even, I'm trying to find the right word, just a, um, just a blessed enjoyment of the Holy Spirit, a devotion, a fervor, right? When I think about like my relationship with the Holy Spirit, I, I think of certain scriptures. Um, obviously, there's the Annunciation, that's one. Pentecost is another, and then the burning bush is the third. Those are the the three, I think, principal scriptures that these this is the word of God, right? The word of God that I think of when I think about nurturing and fostering um, a relationship with the Holy Spirit. If there's a fourth, it would be John chapter four, the woman at the well and seeking the life-giving water. So the Holy Spirit as fire, so that's Pentecost. The Holy Spirit as life-giving water, and so I'm a sponge. That's John 4. The Holy Spirit as forming Jesus in me. That's obviously the, the story of the Annunciation, the Incarnation. And then becoming a burning bush, a burning bush of the definitive theophany, There you go. That's language from the catechism attributed to the Blessed Mother, but applied to our lives. That that's what I want my life to be like, consumed without destroyed by the fire of God. All of that is sort of my way of using scripture to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Too many Catholics have lived too many years or decades as Catholics, believing that our life of faith has very little to do with 
an encounter with the living God, encountering the Father's shocking generosity, pouring forth tremendous graces upon us, encountering Jesus and the course and the events of our day-to-day life, the Lord who is with us, and the relationship with the Holy Spirit who dwells within us and who wants to release within us, unleash within us, this power that is ours as children of God to radiate something of God's own glory through how we live our lives. Too many Catholics just have fallen into being Catholic is a matter of following rules, fulfilling duties, uh, accepting and uh, presenting certain beliefs as ours, rather than, no, shining the very light of God in the world that he has created and announcing the good news that all people are called to move from being simple creatures of God, willed by God, planted in this moment in history, to be elevated into the very family of God as sons and daughters of God by embracing Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and entering his church through which he will continue to encounter us, recreate us as children of God, grant us the gift of his spirit, and then join in an act of praise and worship of God here on earth by which we will be redeemed and sanctified in order to prepare us to be with him together forever in heaven as we await the final consummation of all things and the creation of a new heavens and a new earth. That sounds pretty cool. Doesn't that sound awesome? That is, well, really, that's the meaning of life. And so this beautiful prayer of Cardinal Mercier, O Holy Spirit, soul of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me. Those are the easy parts of the big prayer. The harder parts of the big prayer are, tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you ask of me. And I accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. Right? Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you ask of me, and I accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. That's the big part of the prayer. But what it does is, it's just a fundamental acknowledgement. I'm just a creature of God. Just. I am a creature of God who has, beyond all imagining, beyond anything I would ever earn or deserve, through God's mercy... I have been called into this elevation, into being a child of God. And through that, His Spirit lives in me. And so as a child of God, I can cry out, Abba, Father, because His Spirit makes that cry. His Spirit unites me to Jesus so that I can worship the Father in spirit and in truth. More on this in a minute on Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. So I mentioned that um, I'm talking about the Holy Spirit right now. I'm going to get to the wedding. 
I really am. Uh, I mentioned that I was in Seattle over the weekend. And um, believe it or not, this is all connected to, well, it was connected to that video from Archbishop Achen about encounter, but it was also connected to the gospel that was proclaimed at the wedding of my niece uh, and my goddaughter, right? My niece slash goddaughter um, and uh, Bethany and Joe. And I loved their choice of the gospel. It was the same that Carrie and I had. And it's connected to this theme of the Holy Spirit. It really is. It's connected to this theme of the Holy Spirit. And then I have kind of kind of a cool story to tell about a moment of witness, a moment where I had a chance to evangelize, to share with one of the folks that was there at the wedding, um, who is aware, obviously, of my own, um, my, my career or my profession. And so we ended up getting to a really interesting conversation about the gospel of Jesus Christ and who is Jesus and of the Catholic faith. So let me finish this, just a, this brief reflection about having an intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. Please, you know, don't try to live a life of faith apart from the power of the Holy Spirit. Don't try to live a life of faith where you're fulfilling the moral code and um, fulfilling the duties of the um religious aspects of your life of faith. Trying to do these things without the power of God within us is is a burden. It's just a heavy burden. It's not what the Lord intends. He intends us to be able to live our life of faith based on the power that he has given to us. And he's given you that power in lavishing the gift of the Spirit on you in your baptism and increasing that gift in order to fulfill the mission for which you were created in confirmation. And so that's why I I pray the Annunciation, that that scriptural passage where it's the Holy Spirit who conceived the word in the womb of the Blessed Mother. And that has always been a traditional way of understanding the call to be a disciple of Jesus, that God intends to form his word in your life, that the word became flesh in the Blessed Mother, and the word becomes flesh by analogy, not in the same way, not in the same degree, but by analogy, we welcome the Lord, his word, into our heart, and our lives speak about Jesus. They're they're meant to communicate something to the world about Jesus. You are his his hands and his feet, right? The St. Teresa prayer, uh, Teresa of Avila. So, uh, so the Word of God is meant to come alive in you, and that's the gift of the Spirit who does that. And then, obviously, Pentecost is where the Holy Spirit comes as fire, the promise of the Father and the Son, to give us courage and strength, guidance and consolation, so that we will, in fact, fulfill the mission that is ours, but we'll only do that if we are willing to yield to Him in all things. We, we need to be willing to follow his prompting. We need to say yes in advance to all that he will ask. Say yes in advance to all that he will ask. And that's not always easy to do, right? We would rather trust ourselves. We'd rather stay in control. We'd rather, like, can we just, like, negotiate this, Lord? Can we kind of bring our ideas to the table? Lord, are you sure you know what's best here? Because I'm pretty confident that my idea is the right one. Or, Lord, really? Is this a direction that you're asking of me? You could not be asking that of me. 
It's just like Waze. It's like that app Waze. Really? I'm supposed to get off the highway here and go way around another 20 miles loop around the highway? That doesn't make any sense. How could that possibly be shorter? How could that possibly be right? I'm just going to stay on the highway like everybody else and be in line for two hours. Or you could go around this way and take an extra 20 minutes and you see beautiful vistas on roads you never would have traveled on. You didn't even know were there. You wouldn't have known how to get through them all. And you got perfect guidance because you were willing to yield to the app. That's what happened to us on Sunday. And that can happen to you in your life of faith if you're willing to yield. And so it's a simple prayer. It's a simple prayer that you can pray that the gift of the Holy Spirit lavished upon you in baptism and converse in confirmation would be released within you. Just pray for that every day. I pray for this so regularly. Holy Spirit, please be released within me. Jesus, please baptize me in your Holy Spirit. Please, Jesus, lay your hand upon me, Lord, and release within me the gift of your Holy Spirit at a whole new level, at a whole new depth, a whole new degree of freedom, a whole new uh, uh, radical availability, radical docility. Please forge that docility in me that I will be available to do whatever it is the Lord wants. The Holy Spirit is Lord and giver of life. He will give life to me as I yield to him. And and, and you know what, you, you, you say this, and it's like, these are little things and big things. These are the details of our thoughts, our words, our deeds, and our omissions. It means, what are we doing with our time, our treasure, and our talent? It means, how are we spending our energy? What are we focusing on? What are we thinking about? What are we saying to others? What are we doing? Right? The, it's all these little, 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 little detailed things where the Holy Spirit's at work. And we're going to build up a whole um, momentum a whole momentum in our lives to say, well, of course, anything that's getting in the way to my being attentive to the Holy Spirit, being able to recognize what it is he's asking, being able to interpret what specifically he wants me to do, and then obeying that, I, I want to get all of those things out of the way. Then all of a sudden, things like fasting, things like penance, things like silence, things like simplicity, things like self-denial, things like repentance, things like confession, all of these things become powerfully connected to a deeper recognition and an increased capacity to respond to the promptings of the Spirit within us. Wow, that's what our spiritual life is all about all of a sudden. <gasps> our spiritual life. Ooh, the life of the Spirit the spirit who dwells within the core of my spirit, that just quiet whisper in the heart that I want to be attentive to, becomes dominant, dominant in the sense of Lord over how I live my life. That's what I want. So pray for that devotion to the Holy Spirit. And then if you have that sense of boldness, use that third scripture, right? That, oh, that the scripture, the life, the, the third one is the John 4, the life-giving water, right? You'll never thirst again. When you realize that how like a dry sponge my life is before the Holy Spirit refreshes me, right? The consoling love, the anointing, the beautiful freedom, 
that beautiful sense of consolation that the Holy Spirit wants to give you, not just when you're sad or down or when things are really tough, but day to day, the Holy Spirit wants to bloom and blossom in your awareness, his presence and his work. This is not like something that is given out minimalistically, given out in a way that is um, uh, like a miser. No, the, the words associated with the Spirit are lavish, generous, overwhelm, uh, uncontainable, filled to overflowing. These are the, the words associated with the reality of the Spirit being communicated to our lives and being at work in our lives. And so that's why I love the burning bush, that burning bush that just was, again, consumed by the Shekinah glory of God, the very glory of God was radiant, was consuming this bush, recognizable as a bush, but completely given over to the what? To the reality that the very divine presence was at work in that bush, through that bush, God was speaking. What about our lives? Wouldn't that be an amazing thing to think that you could be like the burning bush here on earth? in your family, in your marriage, in your home, in your workplace, for your neighbors, right? That's a prayer to pray. Lord, make me a burning bush. Please, whatever you need to do to my life, please do it so that I can become a burning bush. Please, I want to be consumed by your glory. Please, anything that is not honoring you, cleanse it. Just cleanse it. Cleanse it. Just release more. I want a greater sense of your divine presence at work in my life. What a beautiful prayer, right? Pray like that and see what happens. Pray like that regularly and just see what happens. Lord Jesus, I pray right now for all my dear sweet listeners, for all who've been listening to this sharing about having an intimate personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And I just ask you, Jesus, that you would right now take lordship over our lives, over all who are listening to the program, to the podcast, however it is they're listening. And Lord, right now, please, just in your own sweet divine way, supernaturally lay your hands upon us and release within us that gift of your Holy Spirit that we would become set on fire with Pentecostal gift and graces, that we would be unleashed, that Holy Spirit, you'd be unleashed within us in a whole new way, and that we'd become like a burning bush. In Jesus' name, amen. Back in a minute with Sound Insight. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. So interesting. Uh, what's happened in the, in the first segments of this program, um, I was not planning on talking about this. I wasn't. I was planning on starting with a reflection on the gospel at the wedding. And literally, as I started in at the beginning of the program, I had this little prompting in, inside my memory of Father, I'm sorry, Archbishop Achen talking about encounter and encountering Jesus. And as I started sharing about that, it all of a sudden became like prompted within me to talk about the Holy Spirit. And then all of a sudden, then that, 
as I was talking about the Holy Spirit and sharing about the the way in which the Holy Spirit lives in this in the depths of our hearts, that Holy Spirit prayer came to my mind. And as I was sharing that Holy Spirit prayer in its different elements, all of a sudden it came to mind that I ought to share about those four scriptures. And so as I was sharing about those four scriptures, uh, it came to mind. Oh, oh yeah, and by the way, this was this was connected back to the um, just the telling of the story of we had come from, uh, we had gone to the wedding and we had come back and we had the, the, the traffic jam and ways, I used ways to get around it. And then I called Carrie in the other car and they, I helped direct them around it on the other side. And so all of a sudden it was, I, I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't on my agenda either to mention ways as an analogy for the Holy Spirit within us. And so I, what was I doing there? Going with the flow, going with the flow of the Spirit. So the moments when I prayed, what I had shared, how I shared it was, um, I guess, a, a, if, if you will, a living testimony to this principle of sense what it is the Holy Spirit is asking, prompting in you, and go with that. That's how we are to live our life of faith. So in some ways, the very reality of what I'm talking about on the radio today was not only a teaching about this reality, but an expression or a witness of this reality. It doesn't mean I did it perfectly well, right? There are human elements in there. There are fallen elements in there. But the very act of striving, the very act of like, Lord, I desire to hear your voice. I desire to follow your promptings. Or even this, Lord, I'm not even sure that I desire to follow your promptings because my kids, they barely mumble their way through the second half of that Holy Spirit prayer. You've heard me say that before because it's such a big prayer and they would rather have control of their lives. And even when I say to them, really, do you really think that God doesn't know better than you where you should be headed, what you should be doing with your life? Really, really, you, you don't, don't you trust God? Don't you trust his care for you and his love for you? But you know what? And so so sometimes the best we can do is to desire to desire. Lord, I desire to desire your will. I desire to desire to follow your prompting. Like, I don't always desire to follow your prompting, but I can desire to always desire to follow your prompting. You can do that. That's as far back as you have to go. There's no going further back than that. <laughs> um, but realize that God's there first, right? The Lord is there first. Okay, so come to find out that the gospel for the wedding of my niece Bethany and her now husband Joe was from Matthew chapter 7. And the part I'm going to focus in on is beginning at verse 24, everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. Did, did you get how this is related to the Holy Spirit now? Everyone who listens to these words of mine and acts on them. There we go. Discern and obey. Listen and follow. 
That's our life of faith. What does it mean to be a Catholic? It doesn't just mean saying Catholic beliefs, following Catholic rules, and striving to live according to Catholic morality. Those are the outward form and structure, but the heart of it that should inform that structure is listening and following, discerning and obeying, sensing and moving with the prompting of the Spirit. So everyone who listens to these words of mine, says Jesus, and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and buffeted the house, but it did not collapse. It had been solidly set on rock. And I love that gospel for a wedding. You know, among all the things that you could pick, the church could pick as gospel suitable for a wedding, you know, that probably wouldn't be near the top of the list because it talks about what's at stake in a married life. Namely, that you've got rains falling, you've got floods coming, you've got winds that are blowing and buffeting against the house, so much so that it's threatened with collapse. But it doesn't when that house is solidly set on rock. Marriage isn't easy. Marriage is full of trials, difficulties, tribulations, tests, struggles. And where do they come from? The world, the flesh, and the devil. The world, the flesh, and the devil. We know how many ways the world comes against married life, how many challenges that are brought against living a holy matrimony, the ways of the world, the currents of thought, the attitudes towards children, towards being open to life, towards being generous and open to life, towards putting God at the center, towards you know, it's uh, towards living with fidelity, all these different things. Um, but the flesh, right? We have two, unfortunately, you know, not saints, but saints in the making, hopefully, who have discerned a call to come together in this sacrament of holy matrimony. And when they do, they're going to discover pretty quickly that I didn't marry a saint. I married a saint, hopefully, is a saint in the making. And as we strive together to live a life of holiness, we're going to bump up against each other's brokenness, fallenness, the flesh as it lives in my spouse. And these are where the tests and the trials can come from. We don't have to just point to the world. We can just look within. And a couple needs to be aware of that. A couple needs to be aware that, look, you guys are going to hurt each other by your words, by your attitudes, by your deeds. I know that's hard to imagine in that sort of honeymoon stage and in the syrupy stage of of um, for many, not all, right? In the somewhat syrupy stage of of uh, when they're engaged, right? Where the other, you just, you know, you see them just in all of their splendor. And so somehow their imperfections and limitations just are obscured. Well, those things come out into the open when we're all of a sudden now, you're living a married life together. And so that's where some of the rains and the floods and the winds come from. 
and from each other, where the complementarity, the things that make each other different, and are intended to be a source of richness, also can be a source of great challenge, difficulty, and pain. Not what we desired, not what we wanted, but that is also present. And so, um, what's the key? Building your house on rock. Building your house on Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the person of, of Jesus, who vows to be with you on your wedding day. He will be your rock. He will be your rock because he's communicated his spirit to be within you. And again, it's that spirit that will help you become sensitive to what it is the Lord is asking and provide you with what? The light, the strength, the guidance, and the consolation to follow what it is the Lord has so that no matter how heavy the rains, how deep the floods, how strong the winds that buffet the house, it won't collapse because Jesus is there. And Jesus has placed his spirit within us to give us infinite strength, infinite light, beyond anything that the world can give, the flesh can give, or the devil will come at us with. The Lord is God, and he will give us what we need. All right, I'm up against the end of my program. I never did get to my cool story, so you know what that means. Tomorrow, tomorrow's another day of Sound Insight. I do encourage you to go check out our new website, mycatholicfaith.org, mycatholicfaith.org. We have free resources for you. Just sign up, and we'll send them to you once a month. We won't overwhelm you. You'll also be able to get access to our new podcast. The podcast version of this program is now called the Dr. Tom Curran Podcast. Easier to remember. And, um, and also, again, you'll be able to uh, get connected to the live rosaries that I'm play- praying on Facebook and other video resources, all free of charge. So check it out, mycatholicfaith.org. Hey, thanks so much for listening. God bless your day. Join me tomorrow for more Sound Insight.